here, Salty Woo! Dogs Podcast, coming at ya. Blowing out your eardrums. That's right. That's I, hope, we, I hope I blew somebody's eardrums out with that. That's why we have uh, compression and EQ. Is that what that does? That's why we do post-production to our, okay. to our episodes. We're not really going to blaspheme, are we? Speaking of post-production, if you're looking to have your podcast edited, Ooh. you can check out podcastsolutionsnow.com. And our wonderful team of editors... We'll get back with you and help you to get your show rocking and rolling. Why would anyone go. hire that company when they literally have zero reviews on Google? Well, give us a chance and be our first <laughs> review. <laughs> PodcastSolutionsNow.com. Yeah, do it. Check what it out. What is up? So, here we are. Let's just dive in. We got Jared in the house. What's up, man? Jared. Hey, Rod. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks. You well, guys remember hearing Jared on the show last week? We had an impromptu, or two weeks ago. Last episode, we had an impromptu phone call, yep. and uh, he jumped on. And, he um, did. Yeah, it was good. He also he surprised you, you, didn't we? If you're watching live on Facebook, he crafted these beautiful tables. Yep. Yes. New podcast tables that are outfitted with holes for cords and plugs and USB. It's, they're amazing. Yeah, so I'll just, tell the, I'll just tell the story. So Jared gave me a shout one day, and he was just like, so I was talking to my wife, Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. 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 And so, <laughs> I had to jump in. How too. much? How much does she shake her head when we do that? I actually, she. I think she laughs. Okay, on the inside fantastic. Every time. So, yeah, on the inside, well, good. appreciate yeah. the inner yeah. laugh. Yeah. Um. So he gave me a shout. He was like, "I was talking to Pam, and we we were just thinking about where we might be able to to give, like, right. out of a heart of generosity." Right. And you were like, "I know what I could do." And so you called me and you offered to build a podcast table. For our broadcast ministry right. room right. Yeah. at our ministry here at the Source right. Wichita. And uh, I came back and I said, hey, man, how about not just one, but how about four tables? <laughs> yeah. And well, actually, so, it started like it started like almost a month and a half before that, realistically. Okay. Because you and I were discussing, you were like, hey, I had this idea for this table. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how... how Tell me how you, you were basically asking me how I would do the legs. Sure, sure, sure. Because you had already had the idea and the right. vision kind of for thing. the top yeah, for, for the, the modular yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, and then I was like, and then we were talking about it, and you were like, "Hey, so I was like, can I build them for you?" You're like, "So how about that wood?" He's like, yeah. "Let me do that." He's like, yeah. "Let me throw down." So like, let me slang that wood. <laughs> thank you so much. These are amazing. Hey, they're great. They are well built. They are, and well they built. are highly functional. And I've only hit my knee on the leg four times. Today. Today. <laughs> so it's he said it's like getting into a Lamborghini. You gotta be careful. So right. There's a specific he basically, way you gotta get in and out. He basically yeah. said I, I built a Lamborghini a podcast table. So I like he, I would I would agree with that. Said, Thank you so much for your generosity and your giving to um to the source and to this broadcast. You ministry. will be hey, awarded no three jewel, jewels in your heavenly crown. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And one extra room. And one in extra your room. mansion. But you gotta cast that crown at the feet of the Lord because mm, you know yep, valid point. Gotta give it back valid to him. Point. Yep. Praise up. Absolutely. Good stuff. <laughs> Jared, Jared's a good friend of ours. Um, we appreciate him being here. So we totally. we have kind of a smorgasbord. A charcuterie board. A charcuterie board Ooh, of I like it. blasphemy. No, just kidding. No, no blasphemy. I actually here. appreciated your opening. Let's get ready to blaspheme. That's pretty funny. Thanks. You told me to say you know it, what? so I just said we it. We ought to hire like a true um, announcer, announcer like a voice, to just yeah. give like a really great one. And then that's just the intro. The intro. To the, the Can intro you imagine like you just put a bell in it and it goes ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Cool. That would, that be would great. work. I like that. That would work. Yeah. I mean, your, your, your brother fights. He does fight. I mean, so I'm sure they've got an well, announcer. Well, he gets hit. <clears throat> well, okay. <clears throat> he doesn't really fight. But I'm sure you, they have an He's announcer sticking. that we could, 
that you guys could get, and you know you could probably use their Work area. It out, yeah. Ding sure. ding. You know, we'll make it happen. Bing. Yeah. Bing. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Let's yeah. dive so in. in. So in pure Jason fashion, um, I'm going to start with something different. Even though it was the same way we kind of started last week, but I like this. I have a funny video. Actually, it's not funny. This this video is not funny. I have a funny one, and I have a not so funny video. Okay. This video is will definitely maybe get you riled up. This is a pow right in the kisser video. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is from TikTok, and somebody shared this. We we have a memes group that shares memes and videos back and mm-hmm. forth, like on the daily. Yeah. And uh, we're meme fiends, and so we're all each other's <laughs> meme dealers, and so we deal memes all day long. <laughs> and so I'll be getting jacked on those on the memeage, and so I'm just gonna play this. So you guys ready? Is it going through? Yeah. Where is it? I thought I had it up. Here it is. So you guys are just gonna have to listen because I couldn't figure out how to play it. And it's all screwy. So check this out. Deconstructing. You may assume. I'm going to start it over. When some of you hear that we're deconstructing, you may assume part one, that we're being led by culture and not by the Holy Spirit. But I think that it's actually the contemporary evangelical church that is being led by culture. Why would you bring your Bible to church when you're given superficial bullet point notes that are specifically designed to attract the unbeliever or spiritually immature. And I don't believe that light and smoke shows were a part of Jesus's ministry, but let me go watch The Chosen to verify. In some instances, the church is making you believe that you can only encounter God in certain types of settings. And did you know that accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is now not enough to be considered a member in the body of Christ? Now you also have to be an institutional member of a church and sign a piece of paper that says you agree with their criteria. So please tell me how I'm letting culture lead me when all I have is my faith, my Bible, a small group of people, and some questions. Snap, son. Dang. So. Mic job. Okay. First so ask you impressions. Okay, go ahead. You sent this to me. Two weeks ago, actually, it was like the day after yeah, we recorded. Yeah, I, I had to hold on to. And it. you were like, "Oh, it's it's. I want to post this so bad." So, what was it about this that gripped you? That made you want to share it with the world? It just, I mean, here's what it is. There's such like so. There's this deconstructionist movement that's been going on for some time now. Right. And listen, there's a lot of baggage tied to that phrase deconstruction. Sure. However, there's also a lot of baggage tied to the word Christian. Mm -hmm. And so it goes both ways, right? So when somebody says I'm deconstructing, there's automatically a label that they put on that individual and they assume these different scenarios that they're questioning. Now, the truth is there is kind of a list and you talked about this before. There's like four pillars of deconstruction. Yeah, I think it's like five. Five. five six, there's yeah, pillars of like deconstruction. That. But there's tenets of the Christian faith as well. So when I say Christian, I'm going to I'm going to automatically think some certain things about you as well. So number 1, it, it the first thing about it was it goes both ways. Right. Because there are Christians or whoever, whatever, believers. I was going to say the idea of of Christians when you say I'm a Christian. Yeah. That depends on Depends on a lot. Uh, dep- yeah. I mean, like your view of it is going to change based right. off of whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian or right. whether you're Catholic or whether so, you're, yeah. So so the typical response, and again, this is all hypothetical. This is just what I've seen. And I actually follow some deconstructionist pa- type pastor people. Um, like Keith who? Giles. Okay. He yeah. was on our show. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Keith Giles was on our show. People and, got pissed about that show, man. Yeah, they sure did. They did not so it was like just, that. It was just kind of like a it was like a counterpunch to the punch from evangelicals towards deconstructionists. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, hey, guess what? Like when we're deconstructing, you think we're following culture, but we're actually following the Holy Spirit. What if the Spirit is leading us to question some of what has been a commonly held doctrine or belief? Yeah. And people can't grasp or fathom that that might actually be a reality because nobody thinks they're wrong. Well, hold on a second. Uh-oh, here he goes. No, just hold on one second. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, the Luther did this years ago. That was the last time that that could happen. Oh, just one yeah. and done. <laughs> yeah, one and done. There was only, we only needed one reformation in the, one in the entirety of all of Christendom and yeah, just, Christian just believers one, for all time. One, yeah. So that's kind of what it was. I, I just kind of <laughs> saw it as this counterpunch. And she also, in this video, just went straight for the jugular of contemporary Christian church service. Yeah, right. It's kind of like, dang, she went there. Right. And she's kind of said what we've thought, but not actually had a constructive conversation about. In, yeah. You know what's interesting is I don't know how many, like how many people that are just, not not people that work in churches, you know, just people, which pastors are obviously just people too, but right. people who aren't in ministry, how many of those people even give a rip if anyone's deconstructing? Like, do you think that there's a large chunk of people that are out there like, wow, I really am frustrated and mad that you're asking questions? Or do you think it comes more from a ministry perspective and people in leadership as more of like a, they see it as a, you're questioning something that gives me my authority by you questioning this thing that gives me my authority. You're questioning what I do. Is it possible? Well, I mean, realistically, I mean, anytime you have a reformation, anytime you have any sort of kickback, that's exactly what it boils down to. You know, it's the idea that, you know, if we look back at, you know, I made the joke about Luther, but if we go back to the Reformation, you know, a lot of it boiled down to the idea that the Catholic Church saw themselves as being the church, the only church. And because Luther was going against some of their things, which gave them authority, yeah, they didn't like it. You know, we briefly hinted about this uh, the other the other week, and we're still going to have an episode, and we're still going to talk about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but well, we're going to have an episode on it. But one of the things that got brought to my attention was that um, there's some pastors in our city who are not happy with the podcast and right. the things that we talk about. Right. Um. And and a lot of that has to do, I know that because it seems like it's undermining what they're doing. Um. And almost yeah, like a, it, a kick to the balls, like it's in direct opposition to what they're doing. In a lot of cases, yeah. I mean, and but I'm going to go back to you know, would the normal everyday Christian have a problem with cool. the deconstructionists? Because to be honest with you, I think that there's a lot of pastors that don't give a rip about the deconstruct- deconstructionism. I mean, to be honest with yeah. you, yeah. Why mean, do you, why do you think that? Because not every pastor is upset with this podcast, for example. Oh, well, exactly, yeah. And, know, and, and this I mean, podcast and, isn't necessarily a big deconstructing podcast. No, it I can isn't. think of, you know... We've no, hinted at some stuff, but... Right. No, it isn't. But at the same time, I mean, there's some out there. I mean, like, you know, we had a brief conversation about it last week, or two weeks ago, the last episode, when I was on the phone call, you know, yeah. like, hey, what is your plan kind of thing? And my plan is to work in ministry full-time, mm-hmm. you know? Um like that, that's what I feel that my calling is. That's where I feel like I'm supposed to be. But at the same time, 
I also am really big on um, ecumenity, you yeah. know, ecumenical church. You so know? define that for me, because you say it all the time, and I still don't know how to really explain it. Well, I mean, it. the easy way to say it is, you know, um, ecumenism, to, to bring everything together, right? To become one body again. So, mm. you know, not so much one body back under the Catholic Church, gotcha. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but but accepting of one another and working together. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's one of the big problems in this, in, in the body of Christ to me is, you know, um, and you know, just because I'm on the show, I'm going to go ahead and apologize up front. If I, if I offend somebody with this, but oh gosh. there are, let it embrace Welcome your, to the show. There let are it feel some, your veins. right. There are some, <laughs> There are some denominations, yeah. right? That Name them. If, uh, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there are some. What? No, no, not no, gonna no I'm joking. But there are some. De- there are some denominations that require that you be baptized under their denomination. Otherwise, they won't right. accept your Didn't baptism. Take. Didn't take. You know, lost um, the paperwork. I mean, there's tons and tons of things. Yeah. You know, if you were ever, you know, I remember growing up in a Church of Christ and. You know, this was back, you know, 80s, 90s, and being told that the Pentecosts were nothing but snake snake handlers and, you Uh-oh. know, that kind of thing. How are they wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Which of these statements is a lie? That's right. So I, I think this kind of ties in. I want to go that route because we, you're talking about, like, deconstruction and it's just like, well, kind of what's the issue there? I think the issue is the questioning of what has been traditionally For, I mean, so people and denomination, or let's just say this, denominations, regardless of how old they are, and especially in the United States, I mean, what's the oldest denomination in the United States? Realistically, Catholicism. Catholicism. Yeah. (laughs) Or Protestantism from Lutherans, maybe? I mean... Right. I mean, the Lutherans came first. I mean, you know, when it came to like the pilgrims, things like that. Yeah. You know, so Lutherans came first, like but yeah. but from that, you we birthed like um, Lutherism, uh, Lutherans, um, Canal, Pres- Christ, Presbyterians, Church of Christ, like Methodist. all these different denominations. <laughs> so like non-denominationalism. When did people start claiming non-denominationalism? Is that like a nineties thing? Uh, uh, maybe. Non-denom. I mean, yeah, maybe. You I non-denom, mean, I'm non-denom. You're so, not wrong yeah. if you non-denom. <clears throat> right. So if you look, if you look at it, if you've grown up in a in a denomination that has a certain doctrinal belief system, and you've been taught certain things your whole life you finally get to a point where you actually start to think and explore and study for yourself. Don't you think that you are going to find discrepancies or maybe even have a hard time getting on board with 100% of the things that you've been taught your entire life? Mm. Like one, that's what you, that's what they expect that I just believe 100% of the things that you've taught me over my lifetime are actually true. But here's what's happened in my life is that in my relationship with the Lord, like I've been led to question certain things. Right. You know, and it again, it has a lot to do with, I think, law and religion and that kind of thing. But yeah. I think where the rub comes is that there's a questioning of what has been traditionally, however many years it's been, let's just say even all the way back 500 years, if you're Lutheran. Right. Traditionally held belief for 500 years. Well, what about the other millennia and a half worth of Christianity that existed before that? Right. And so I think it's this idea of 
well, you're, you're saying that I'm wrong. And not only are you saying I'm wrong, you're saying that all of the people that I know and love who are part of this denomination, yeah. plus my yeah. pastor, it who feels. I respect and love, right. who's cared for my soul and is God's whatever, shepherd in place, you know, title this person here, honor this person <laughs> here. Like you're saying now he's wrong. And so I think there's this whole because nobody wrong. ever disagreed the new Tibet. New there's Testament. this whole wrong bit scenario. <laughs> right. That that's it's just like a taking it personally. That's just kind of my initial yeah right. response. Like I think it's a taking it personally. Like you're you're questioning everything I believe. And so I there's been times I've I've been offended or I've I've scoffed or what do you say? You know, what do you say to the person that would say that we you and me Jason are leading people astray? by some of the things that we talk about and the conversations that we have and even entertain, you know, what do you, what do you say to that person? That's like, you boys really need to be careful. Like you're, you're playing with souls, you know, you're, you're like, you're challenging things that you don't even have a full, a full grasp on. I, it's so, dangerous water. Someone could lose their, I mean, not maybe so, not lose salvation. You so, know what I mean? so I would say stop cherry picking our, our, our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you're taking my episode out of context because we have five full, almost five full seasons worth of things that we've said over time. Right, and if you were to listen to every word that's come out of my mouth and like know my heart and know where I really stand, you would know first and foremost that I want people to have true and real relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, only founded on what Christ has done, not by works, but by grace through faith. Like. I want people to experience and have relationship with Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them into all truth. So all of everything that I've ever said has only been a nudge or a little bit of a rub yeah. to get them to explore or maybe think differently. I never, people, I never said this is the gospel, believe me. So do you, do you have any any um not regrets but any no like regrets. hesitation no reg- no regrets any hesitations in you <laughs> that's like oh man what if like me processing some of this stuff out loud like causes someone to completely come off the rails like do you take any ownership or responsibility over that i don't i'm I, just saying i i mean how how can i i would i would i mean there are people that i know would say in our lives like hey you guys are you guys aren't leaders, but you're still leaders. You I, know, you guys I aren't think, pastors, but people still view you in some sort of of spiritual role. Here, here's the thing: if I say, "Hey, I don't, I don't know," let's just say hell, for instance, because we've talked about this before. If I just said, "Hey, why don't you go look up Gehenna, Sheol, the grave, right, death and Hades," like just go look up those terms and go do some study, oh, and then you, and then you go do some study, yeah. And then you come back and you're just like, hey, I did the study and I believe in um, annihilationism. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I think it's just interesting. I don't think, I don't think, I'll just say this. I don't think that your stance on hell has anything to do with your soul, right? Whether or not you're saved. If you're saved, you're saved. It doesn't matter what you believe about hell. It matters what you believe about Christ. But do you see and how so that could I quickly begin to unravel things? Because I then sure. if someone begins to, to question 
maybe maybe not hell isn't real, but let's just say they go some some other way, universalism right. or something like that. Then what's the point of Jesus' death? Why did Jesus even need to come? All of this stuff. Then the, I mean, it very quickly we use. I like to use the illustration of a Jenga tower with deconstruction because as you begin to pull out these things everything at the foundation, everything begins to wobble a little bit, and then very quickly you could find yourself in this place of panic. Uh, to where you don't know what you believe anymore because all of a sudden you began to question, maybe study one aspect of the faith and it just very quickly yeah. leaves and so, you question So here, I mean, there are people, see, I think that that's an issue because if you're... What is? What's an issue? I think it's an issue that if your Jesus, if your Jesus Jenga tower falls over because you pull out hell and some other doctrine... You know what I'm saying? Like right. your foundation is Christ and it should always be Christ. Yeah. Tell them how and they're so, wrong. So it I like that's that's why I can question things is because I know where I'm at with Jesus. Right. And so But this, have you ever gotten so far into deconstruction that you've questioned Jesus? But I'm not deconstructing. Oh no, I have. Go ahead. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, let's talk I'm going to be dead serious. Yeah. I have. Yeah, no, Jared absolutely. Is, Jared is on our show. I apologize. I've been haunted. No, it's okay. I've just been listening, man. Like yeah. I he's normally a guest do. on our show. I, like I normally do. Um, Tell us about this, Jared. No, I, I, I most definitely did. I mean, I was, I was raised, you know, Christian. Went to church, baptized, you know, like I think seven church eight in years Christ. old. You know, church Christ. You know, yeah. woohoo! You church know, of potlucks. Um, and then you know, going to vacation Bible school, everything like that in the summertime. You know. It was, good times. Um, but then like 15, I was really starting to question things, you know, like really looking at stuff, you know? And then my brother passed away Mm. and I had been taught like my entire life, you know, that, that God has a purpose for you. Yeah. God has a plan for you. God uses everything for his will. God will use you exactly how he made you. Now he sounds like Casey. And, um, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. This is actually a really, uh, a really like serious thing. But still, no, uh, I mean, uh, I have to, so, joke, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying, I, I know you're trying to make me actually talk into the microphone and it's okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hope you feel like a jerk now. Uh, I do. But either way, no, um, I, uh, at 15, my brother passed away, right? Died in a swimming accident. And, uh, now, mind you, now I'll give you a little background here. I mean, like my brother was, you know, looking at going into ministry himself. Mm. You know, um, this was September when he passed away. That previous Christmas, my dad had bought him a Bible, right, for a Christmas present. Um, you know, gold gilded pages, his name embossed on the front cover, yeah, all leather, yeah. beautiful Bible. We get it back in September, and you would think that he had misused it. Like he had just thrown it in a, like a trash heap kind of thing, right? Like the gold was worn off, the cover was already cracked and things like that. But you open it up and it's like highlight, underline, highlight, notes, 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 notes. Like this thing looked like it was like 20, 30 years old. Yeah. But it was only like nine months old at this point, you know? And uh, like like he had put that much reading into it. Right. And it made no sense to me. Because in your mind, you're going, how could, like, how could this happen? Right. Like, if, it if, seems if, like this plan was beginning if to... all of this... Right. It, you know, why would God let him die? Yeah. Based off of, well, God's right. going to use you. God's yeah. got a plan for you. God's yeah. got a plan for you. God's got a plan and for you. And someone who's willing to, like, God, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll, right. I'll right. go with that plan. Right. He was ready to just do whatever. And 
then he was taken. You yeah. Know? And uh, I mean, he was 19. Yeah. Young dude. Yeah. And so, I mean. So, it, of but, course, you start to question. Right. And then, so that made me start questioning everything else. And then it started making me like look around the room when I was in church functions and things like that. And I'm like, so it's almost like, oh you, yeah, he cheats on his wife, and he does this, and like she the does rose-colored this. glasses kind of. Oh, they they got jerked off. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and so, but but the, based off of that one idea that God will use you, right? Right. And my understanding of it at the time, at the age of 15, right? Um. It really made me question everything else, like everything. Yeah. To include, is Jesus real? Yeah. Was he actually our savior? Was he, I mean, so, I mean, to the point to where I actually walked away from my faith for 20 years. Mm. So what was it? But it's not because you you listen to Salty Dog's podcast. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. No. (laughs) Which is what Chris was alluding (laughs) to. No, 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 but what I'm saying is that but what I'm saying is that when it comes to podcast either. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that what I was wanting to say during during your all's little conversation there is honestly, I think that if somebody is looking at at this podcast, and don't take this the wrong way, but if somebody's looking at this podcast and going, you know what, they have a point, and they really start questioning their faith at that point. Their faith was already in question. Hmm. They already had something. There was there was something going. Way. Yeah. So let me ask you this question because so I don't know if you remember me saying this. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I actually think that there is some value to um, the faith or the the type of faith that someone can pick up by attending a church service having some sort of response uh, in them. Hopefully it was a spiritual, you know, and not an emotional type thing, but some sort of response. They hear the altar call, they give their life to Christ. They have this, this moment where they want their life to change. Uh, They pray the prayer, they get the free Bible, they go to the discipleship meeting. They then are in a small group. They're doing everything that is being told to them to do. Right. Right. It's like, I, I really think that that can be of some value. Yeah. But I think that it builds a, it, people would say like, that's it. Like that's, you just keep doing that. You do that the rest of your life. When I think it, it builds a version of your faith, but it's like almost like the, um, like a prototype or like a phase one build and not necessarily the final phase of your faith. Right. Because then what happens is when you meet any sort of trauma, tragedy, terrible event that happens in your world that sends it your world spiraling like your brother right like my Mm. wife being in the hospital for 30 days for mental health issues like these these things that just happen that go beyond understanding that go beyond what you've heard spoken by men and women all genuine all god-loving people but when your experiences don't line up with what is said Mm. it can cause you to question yes and so i think that scripture in, in such a heavy, heavy belief in scripture and the service and your pastor and what an amazing person, that can only withstand the normalcies of life, but I don't think they're strong enough to, ex- to, to withstand the tragedies. When so, you experience that tragedy, you genuinely need an encounter, a real well, tangible encounter with Jesus that will sustain you and get you through that because words on a page, and I hope right. I don't say that as disrespectful, no, but like they... They've they've gotten you to where you can go. At this point, you need the loving touch, the spirit touch of 
Yahweh, yeah, you right? Need, you know, you need him to actually be to you who you've read him being to, to everybody, everybody yes. in the yeah. scriptures. Yes. I, yeah. yes, you can't. Your yeah, Paul's peace that he experienced beyond all our understanding is not your peace. Yeah. Just because you read a story about the peace he had doesn't mean that you have that peace. Right. No matter how many times you read it, or if you have it uh, memorized verbatim and can recite it forwards and backwards 14 times, right. it makes no difference. Right. Just like you said, the words on the page, the story. Yeah. He, I mean, you can sit there and say, well, Paul had peace, Paul had peace, Paul had peace. Or what are you trying to do? Like manifest peace? It comes from, it's peace that transcends all understanding. Yeah. It's the peace of God. And so he has to give that to you and you have to experience it. That, I just in had that a moment. conversation with someone that I know today that told me about a tragedy that occurred with their baby after birth. Right. What comfort is there? <clears throat> even in human comfort, there's none there. Let's even go outside. There's Dude, no loss. comfort that man can bring no. in, in that sort of tragedy with a child. It is only through time right. and, and through the, I'm going to it sounds weird saying the touch, but like that interaction, that experiential love that you can feel like that's right. the only place where any sort of comfort is or peace is coming from right. in those moments. Well, I mean, like I had a conversation w- with a good friend of mine, um, probably like a year, year and a half ago about the same thing. I mean, like he knew I was studying to be a pastor. I worked with him when, you know, I was still working at the air force base and he, he, you know, like he would always ask questions. He would always like, yeah, like pick and prod kind of thing, like asking questions. And then, you know, one day he just kind of looked at me and he goes, you know, I, I really want to get back into church. And I was like, all right, cool. What's stopping you? You know? And he told me his story. And his story was that, you know, he was, you know, raised in Catholic church, but still yet raised in the church. Right. right? And uh, and then when him and his wife had their child and it died of SIDS. Oof. Right? Oh. And, uh, and, and so, <clears throat> like, gone. You know, their first child. And even before that, she had miscarried so many times. Yeah. And then it was, you know, he, he, you could see the pain right. that he felt because, again, it didn't make sense to him. Why yeah. would an all-loving God do something like that? You know, why would an all-loving God do something like that? Why would he just kill a little baby? Yeah. And, you know, and I looked at him and I said, dude, I wish I had the answer for you. I wish I could sit here and give you the answer and tell you this is why yeah. God yeah. had to let that happen. Yeah. This is why yeah. God did this. I said, but I can't. Yeah, I can't even like, start to know. try to answer that. I said, yeah. but I but I can tell you this. I can tell you that there is a being that can give you an answer, and he yeah. wants to give it to you. Yeah. It's good. And I mean, so, that was it. So at that point in time, what did you do? You pointed somebody to the creator of the universe. Right. Right? You didn't say, well, you know, the Bible says, and so open your Bible. I'm going to highlight 40 right. verses that are going to help you with grief. Right. Bro. Right. So well, I mean, um, it's like even like my my loving wife, you know, she posted on here a second ago. She, you know, and this is a this is a real question for her all the time. Like this is a conversation that she tries to have with me, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. this you know? this conversation. Oh, why does it? Her? Yeah, Pam said why or my biggest question: Why does he not heal me? And I was going to bring that up because you're talking about so losing your brother, right? Obviously terrible. Your wife's um, mental health stuff. mental health right. stuff. Um. This is nowhere near as terrible, but there's times where like my 
my daughter's been sick mm-hmm. and like, I know she doesn't feel well. And the thing I struggle with the most is that if my heart for my daughter is for her to be well, why can I not just heal her? Right. Of her sickness, because right. that's my heart for her. Right. Yeah. As a loving father, and if God is a loving father, is his not is his heart not for our health? Right. And so then Jesus healed some, and he healed many. But didn't he? But he, he didn't, didn't heal, heal everyone. Right. But then even the disciples healed, and people were being healed by shadows and handkerchiefs. Right. But now it's like. All I want is for her to be better when she's sick, and she does get better. So maybe that's the answer to the prayer. But I wish but I could. There's just, a lot of people who don't. You wish you could just boom, yeah. right? I mean, there are oh. people who die of cancer, children, that kind of stuff. And so I, and have, then, I have prayed. I mean, she doesn't know this, but it's generally when she's asleep. But I well, prayed, don't say it. Don't say it. No, I've prayed numerous times Keep over Pam, just like you know, hey, you know, I know that with your power, I can you know put my hands on her and yeah. So. She says, I struggle with the people who tell me, you have to believe he will heal you if you believe. Oh my God, get that shit out of here. So I'm sorry, but listen, here, here's the, this is where I struggle because- Not you, Pam, the people no, who say No, no, yeah, that. not you, not you. Because we're told these things. We read them in scripture. Right. We, I mean, all the time. And, and, and dude, I remember, I remember, and this is just hitting me. I remember going to youth group and hearing there was like a message on healing and this person had like done mission trips, right? Like they'd gone, they had been used by God to heal people. And they were like, well, here's what I did. I did this. Like right. I, I, I prayed and, and then all of a sudden, like I just, and by the, I plead the blood of Jesus over the blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then, and then they were healed and then they were better. And so I remember hearing that. And I remember walking home one day from the side and then them saying, you have it in you to do it. All you have to do is believe. Right. And so I went walking home the next day. I think it was like on a Sunday night. The next day was a Monday and I'm passing a gas station and I see a, uh, like homeless man. Have you ever seen those things on people's legs that have like the spikes in them? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Those things. They're like a, he yes. had one of those on his leg. Oh, and I mean, this was Houston. Rough. This is like Southeast Houston by Austin. Yeah. So, okay. uh, I'm, I'm there and I see him and I'm like, can I pray for you? And I'm like, there trying to heal this guy on the side of the road. My heart is moved for him. Nothing happens. Nothing, you know, like, and then I'm there like questioning my faith. Well, what did I do wrong? Did I have enough faith? Is it that sin yesterday? Is it because I did this? Is it because I did that? Questioning everything. When we're told all you have to do is believe, all you have to do is have faith the size of a mustard. Do you know how small a mustard seed is? Here's a mustard seed. It's, it's, you know. But then what about the people who say they heard the same message they found themselves right. in the same scenario, and they were like, "And you wouldn't believe, but that thing fell off his leg, and he got up and walked right. off." Right, and and into that, I would say, like, I don't know that any of it is in our hands at all. Like, I don't know that it's in our hands to be able to do that. Why in one situation and not in the other? Because then you would have to look at that and go, "Well, it was because they had faith and you didn't." Like it, it. So here's the determiner of who has the faith and here, who doesn't. Here's because an interesting... the 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 for in order for there to be faith, there has to be some measure of doubt. Right. Like and some people would say like, "Well, you didn't have enough faith. There was a little bit of doubt in you." Well, there's got to be that. Like you don't have faith, in, you're missing an so, ingredient. So so if Kim was here, she would say that if you have any doubt, faith isn't present. Well, mm. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, faith is there <sighs> Faith is there to take place when there's no evidence to prove it. Let's be honest. 
Okay. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole idea behind the word faith. And then yeah. if we really want to get if we really want to get right. personal, I mean, let's just do it. You know, like you and I believe some pretty woo woo things as far as like being able. I just call it what it is. It's weird stuff that people would hear and they'd yeah. be like, "Oh wow!" Like you're talking about you doing some things that sounds like mysticism and blah blah blah. But so some things, some people that we're really close to that Lara is an anomaly with all of these things, right? Yeah. Like. I can't do anything. The, the remedy, nothing's happening there. It like it. So that's why I look at all of this stuff because of my experiences. I go, you know what? I I don't know what to do with that. I got nothing. I've I've read the prayer books. I've read the faith books. I've I've done this the Southern Baptist way. I've done this the Pentecostal way. I've done this the mysticism way. And I, the more that I'm, what I feel like where I'm landing is. It's in God's hand. It, none of it is me. None of it is me. God's well, going to do what God wants you, to do. Ever. Even if it did work. Even if it did happen, right. Even if it did work, it still wasn't you. But I think, <laughs> I think, in, I think in, so he's right. Okay. So take that same mentality to the people that think then it didn't happen because of me, because right. there was no faith, right. right? Like, so you flip that as well and you go, because there's no faith, then that still gives you a role in it to make it seem like it was about you in the first place. Right. It's the whole idea of yeah. if you, if uh, I'm not, I'm not going to use that analogy. No, it's the question. It's that whole idea. Is it, yeah, the question is, is it me or is it him? You know, we've talked about this repent with repentance before. Right. Is it me or is it him? You brought this up about humility. Right. Do we humble ourselves or does he humble us? Right. Like who does it? Who's so, you know, there's multiple times where Jesus says that your, your faith has healed you or the faith of your friends has healed you. Or he said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. So right. there's this. Didn't f- someone say that faith is the currency of heaven? Yeah. Where is there's that? The, that? I've heard that somewhere. Christine, Kim, Maybe. they say yeah. that stuff. Um, so this idea that, well, if you only believe, right, to with with God, all things are possible or to him who believes all things are possible. Right. So how do I believe? If I want to believe, or do I just not have it in me? Or does he give it to know. me? Does he help me? Do I exercise to believe more? Like, do I read more, go to church more? Do I just think more or hope more? Or like, how do I? So if all things are possible for him who believes, and there's some things that haven't been possible, like healing this guy's leg, well, then obviously the logical conclusion is that I don't believe. So then how do I believe more so that this does become a reality. Yeah. You know, I, I want to mention something here because I've always found it interesting how the new King James, right. Or any, English, the truly inspired right, version, right. Or any, um, well, no, just the King James, not the, the new oh, yeah. King James. No, 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 no. Um, no, any English translated Bible. I've always found it interesting how there's a distinction between faith and belief in, in scripture. Right when Jesus talks or when the apostles talk, there's a, mm. there's a, there's a differing factor between yeah. faith and belief. However, yeah. in the Greek, it's the same word. Is it really? Yeah. It's just about to look it up in the Greek. It's the same exact word. Pistis. Yeah. Same exact word. It I got to take a pistis. and belief. Pistis off. Go ahead. Keep going. I mean, now Aramaic has pistis puppies. Aramaic has two different okay. words, but faith and belief are both Jason just did the word study in two seconds. He's gonna. I sure the point. hell did just do a word study in two seconds. But belief. So you're saying belief and faith are the same word in the Greek? Okay, hold on. I'm looking it up. It, it's true. There's a 4100 and a 4102. So pistis and pisteo or something 
One is uh, faith derived from um, persuasion, belief to affirm or have confidence. Get this faith. F- faith what from? Uh, a- it says persuasion. Derived so is this deri- is this our biblical case study that apologetics actually can do anything? <laughs> yeah, right. So faith based so, off of so listen, persuasion. So listen, and and obviously they they write their thoughts into this, but here's what the Strong's Concordance word study will say. So faith means I'm persuaded. I mean, so persuasion essentially means I now believe, and right. it says faith or pistis is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. Whoa. For the believer, it's God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief or confidence. So it's actually saying it's different from belief. So one's a confidence and one's a persuasion. Right. But the thing, but they, but a lot of times and Strong's, I don't know if it, yeah, Strong's will, Strong's concordance will show it, that faith and belief are very, like, when you read with faith the size of a mustard seed, but you have to believe, right? Yeah. It's actually the same mm, word in Greek. Interesting. There, there's a, there's a, dis, there, there, but there's but an English distinction between it. But let's think about that. Faith for the believer is God's divine, pers- divine persuasion. So you are divinely persuaded. It so comes, when they say you just have to have faith, it's like same thing. I just have to wait for God to do that in me. I mean, maybe I'm I mean, just waiting on God to persuade because, me. Because here's the interesting thing right? with all right. of the tragedies that I've, I say tragedies, and again, a lot of them have had the very, the hardest times in my faith have always centered around my wife and her health, extreme hospitalizations, extreme things going on for long periods of time. Um, those moments, this is going to sound so Christian and I hate it. They're like my James one, one, you know, like one, was it three or four? Yeah, joy. that whole thing. Because they change me in a way that nothing else can. And I am a different person because of those things, having walked through the difficult seasons. So right, the testing you of your faith is producing perseverance. Which is a persuasion <laughs> of your belief. Yeah, sure. I mean, realistically... I mean, so realistically, the, but there's, there's, there's it, it, but it's, it, there's always, there's, it's a wrestling. I, I like to think of it as a wrestling match. Oh, God loves wrestling. He does naked. Uh, Whoa. You know, like the man on the rocks and the naked and the wrestling. Isaiah and the, saw God's robe. So he's not sitting up there with yeah. <laughs> just goods hanging out. <laughs> um, Let's get ready to blaspheme. <laughs> Basically these, these wrestling matches that took place in my faith to where there's doubting, there's confusion, there's worry, there's anger, and then there's taste of like, oh, there's a breakthrough. Okay, God, I trust you. There's like all of there's all this gamut of emotions that you're feeling within these periods of, of difficult seasons. And but it's like the wrestling of like me also like, okay, God, I want to trust you. I want to, I want to believe, but right now my experiences and the pain that I'm feeling the anger that I'm feeling, the hurt that I'm feeling don't line up with what is there. So you're going to have to help me out here because I got he, nothing. But is he grabbing your hip socket and you refusing Touching to, me, knocking it out. to let go until he Do I come back with you? a new name? No. But you, but you know Still what's Chris. interesting about that? It's like nowhere during that time is he not being who he is. Right. Right. He, you're just struggling. You're, you're being tested in the fire of affliction. And I mean, You're being that's refined a, in the furnace, right? And that's the thing. And I mean, some people would say that that's terrible. 
that God would even test people like that. He's not testing. Let me let me just stop you there. He's well, not go, testing. I'm using Jason's word. Jason just said testing. But he's not testing. Refi- I said refining in the right. fire of affliction. Oh, I thought Sorry. you said testing. I but did, it, it, but it, then I changed it. Okay. Yeah, but it's not but it's not a test. Okay. What what let me what put triggered it to you this that, way. Hold on. What triggered that response in you? Because I, I oh I, I hate when people say, Oh, it's just testing your faith. It's testing your faith. No. Why? It, because if God was to test us, we would all fail. Okay. I can get I can get so, down to that answer. So what's happening then? It, it's it, what you just said. It's refining. It's refining. It's refining. The only way, and you and I have had this conversation Testing. before. Okay, let's see. Testies, testies. But, but the refining of gold, right? <laughs> like Jason, Jason and I had this conversation. I'll bring it up. So does gold refine itself? No. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Right? So James says, because you know that the testing of your faith, is that the wrong word to use? I, you know, I, I believe the Greek uh, word is testos. <laughs> right. Duh. I don't, you know what? That's one of those that I haven't really it's dug, a, dug well, into well, kind of look. thing. But well, I mean, look. the thing is, is that I... It's where we get our uh, American word, testes. Mm, good possibility. Cajones, spiritual cajones. Spiritual cajones. That Knowing on. that the testing, dokemon. <laughs> dokemon? Do- okay, so... Dokemian. So my, so my <laughs> wife says, uh, I don't want to be refined. I want to be silver. I'm sorry to tell you, but silver gets refined as well. So, tr- oh, so I think a trial. I don't know. That's that's so, Jared. You said God doesn't test us. So what did, what do you mean? Like, what is that word? Testing. Like, what do you think it means? I mean, to me, a test is like it, it's a pass or fail situation. It's okay. it's a it's no different than your history exam that you had to take as a senior and you either passed it or you failed it. So where did because this phrase come from? That's then? what I was going to say. Somewhere along the line, you picked up, where did that come from? You picked up an idea that God doesn't test us. But then James says, for we know that the testing of our faith in the English. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, know, yeah. yeah. Which is then Strong's Greek is testing. So is that where, do you or, think that's where leadership has, I mean, pastors, teachers, got this whole like thing that settled him. Oh, he's testing your faith. He's testing your faith. Is it? Is this where it comes from? This verse in James? I guess, like, yeah. I mean, is there anywhere else in the New Testament that it says that? That's a great question. Check it out. I don't know. You're like, I, I don't know it verbatim. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> because, because, no, because we pick, we pick things up, right? Right. Like, there's a phrase that says, God helps those who help themselves. Right. And we're just like, no, blah, blah, blah. But then you'll hear a preacher that says, you repent. You take the first step and God will take the next one. Right. So basically you're saying he's going to help me because I'm helping me. Right. Because I'm taking the first step of help. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? So we say, well, it doesn't say there, it doesn't say this, but we picked up these phrases. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I can tell you right now, there, there are, there are some people and I, I think it. I think Name it, them who? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding. saying. Like, I think it's all circumstantial. <laughs> no. What I'm getting at is, I, I think it's all. I think it's all circumstantial. I yeah. mean, like, not everybody needs to take that first step. Here's okay. Some so here's people the question. need to. Some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I can tell you right now, I didn't take the first step. Yeah. Was he, not me at came, all. He came after you. Oh yeah. So here's here's where I think the issue lies, is for you to say, no, God doesn't test us. I think what you're saying is God doesn't cause bad things to happen to us so that our faith is refined. 
No, no, no. I'm no? not saying that either. Okay. Maybe I thought that's where that came no, from. No, 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 no. I'm not saying God doesn't God call. bring hell on your world so you no. turn to you're him. You're saying this isn't a pass or fail scenario. Right. right. I'm okay. saying I can appreciate that, that. that there is no test of our metal, right? Yeah. The metal's already there, right? If we, if he's, if oh, okay, it's, okay. Say, you know what I'm sense. saying? Yeah. Like, let's, yes. let's, let's put it that way. There's no test of our metal, right? That sure. whole phrase, test of the metal. Are you a soft metal? Are you a hard metal? Right. That kind of no, thing. No, it's there. Are you hard The gold is there. The gold is there in everybody. Light metal or I'm a metal. diamond tip. Life metal. Right. You know, diamond tip is I'm the I'm a Christian heavy metal artist. No, you're a life metal artist. Did you hear what I said? No. Do you know that a diamond tip is the hardest tip in the world? Like they use it for like mm-hmm. drilling. Oh. Mm-hmm. Diamonds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. My faith is like, it's diamond tip. I actually have diamond a tip faith. diamond tipped uh, grinder wheel. Really? Cutting wheel, yeah. Don't put that Dang on your mouth. Son. Right. It'll rip it right don't, off, right? Oh, no, it cuts through concrete. Don't like, grind uh, your mouth, Jared. Like butter. <sighs> yeah. So where where are we going with all this? Because we're talking about being, yeah, just kind of experiencing some really tough faith scenarios. Yeah, but I mean, it, just, I mean, a lot of it has to do with like deconstruction stuff, and I think this is where people's faith falls apart. And I think one of the greatest disservices that anyone can do to another human is to just push them towards blindly believing. Like, oh, brother, you're at a ter- you're at a scary spot. You're really questioning things. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. When really, it's like, no. I think these moments are an invitation. God welcomes our questions. I seriously think He does. No, absolutely, like, He welcomes them. They're a moment where we we grow. Like, I have been propelled in my faith. Like propelled forward with so many differing beliefs than I was originally raised with because of the experiences that I built well, that I, mean, I went through. You both have kids. Yes. Right. Do you, do you ever let your kids ask you questions? Yeah. I do. I, I mean, love it when the they thing. ask me questions. I'm like, stop asking questions. I'm the authority in this household. <laughs> oh, so you, you, you're a pastor. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm a, I'm a reformer. Pa- kid, parent, pastors want their kids to ask them questions so that they can use it in the sermon illustration. Right. That's so. Right. Of course they welcome the questions. So you said something. I want to bring this up, and this is just me wanting to go off on something. So... um. You talked about, you just use the word invitation. Mm-hmm. And I love that because mm-hmm. I started reading, mm-hmm. I started reading mm-hmm. what Pat, what people mm-hmm. will talk about as harsh scripture or harsh, like the truth hurts brother, kind of harsh things, right? right? Yeah. Um, but so let's just talk about this first because I saw this on a video. This girl was like, so... I want to read to you guys the scariest verse in the Bible. Can you think of what that is? He spilleth his semen on the ground. And, and then he was struck thing? down. Yeah. Isn't, didn't that happen? It did. It's pretty scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's because he didn't. I he did d- that yesterday. <laughs> Why wasn't I struck down? I'm kidding. It's a joke. You're, you were like planting a garden, that seed. <sighs> yes. No, no, my jalapeno seeds. So this idea of on that day... Many will come to me and say, "Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons?" Oh. And I will, and I will tell them, um, "Away from me, doer of iniquity! I've Be nev- gone. I never knew, knew you. you." Yeah. And so you will hear this taught as this 
thing about giving your life to Jesus because you can do this and you can do that and blah, blah, blah. And you, you can be doing it right now and you can serve the church and you can give and you can blah, blah, blah. And you can walk the aisle and you can say the prayer, but there still might be this scenario that happens where you go to Jesus. He says, I never knew you. And so you need to make sure that you're right with the Lord and you need to repent and do all these things. And they use it as a fear verse. Yeah. Ooh, fear verse. Hashtag fear verse church. Well, but I mean, I, realistically, it should be a fear verse. Why? Well, because, because Jesus used fear no, 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 to no, make no, people no. follow him? No, not at all. But it what should it is, be used as a fear verse? Well, no, not so much a fear verse like against like actual Christians, but those that work out of the flesh and not by the Spirit. See, I, I still don't see it as, as being a fear tactic. I, I wouldn't I, say I see what you're saying, Yeah, but I'm just saying in that context, it's preached like that. I remember one day I was reading it. I mean, preached in that context, no, not at all. Right. Yeah, and I, I was reading it, and I was looking at it, and I was like, people say this verse is scary. And I was like, I guess for people who don't know Jesus or Jesus doesn't know them, yeah, that's a scary thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it should but, be, like I said, it's But I was scary, like, yeah. why, would you, why would you preach and cast out demons and do all these things in his name and not know him? Like, what's the point right. of that? Well, I mean, right. that's the thing is that you're going to know him. Well, you should at least. Right. But I he's mean, saying there will be people who don't. Well, there. And what? What? So, like, my take on that verse is that there's people that know him. Uh, I don't want your take. I want the biblical take. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> Give me your take. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> um, no, I mean, my take on that verse is, you know, there's people that know, you know, Jesus. He was there, right? Yes. yes. But then they use their flesh to do things versus, and I think that's the context gotcha. of that instance of that specific verse. It's not so much that you know. I mean. So here's a work question. With, work without faith is dead. It's about so, work. So here's yeah. a question, or here, here's a, qu- a statement and then a question. My statement concerning that was Jesus making that statement was actually an act of grace for those who were listening. No, absolutely. Because what if we, what was, what was the invitation of Christ in that moment? The invitation of Christ was to actually be in relationship with him. And to be working with him. So is that not, a scary verse or is that a beautiful verse? Beautiful oh, it's a beautiful verse. verse to the people that are actually doing it. It's a beautiful invitation of Jesus to say, look at what you're doing. Think about why you're doing it. Right. And know that the most important thing is that I know you. Right. Yeah. And so I remember reading that and saying, oh my gosh, like what really matters? What matters is if you know me. Right. And so then I'm like, Hi. I'm Jason. Like here nice, I am. Nice to meet you. Like presenting myself to him as like, let's be in relationship, right? right? Like, I want to know you. I want you to know me. I, I want, want relationship. Versus versus, what do Christians pray all the time? Lord, just use me. Lord, would you just use me? Lord, would you just? I just want to be used for your glory. I just want to be used by you. I just want to be used. I just want to be used. I just want to go preach the gospel. I just want to heal people. I just want to go cast out demons. I just want to do the, the I just want to do. I just want to do. I, 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 and he's I, saying, I, 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 he's saying, you, I mean, is it knowing or is it doing? Now, faith without works is dead, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but if we're in relationship with him, he will lead us to do those good works, which he purport, prepared beforehand. Right. That as we're in Christ Jesus, that we would live those out. Right. And so my question is, well, how do we know what the good works are? We ask him. Yeah. And we're led by the Spirit, right? Jesus said, I only do what I see the, what father, I see the, father, doing. See the father doing. You know what's He also said, I can do, the Son can do nothing apart on his, his own. own. Apart from me. So Jesus was limited. <gasps> oh, 
No, Jesus was limited, and he told you how he was limited. Right. He said he can do nothing on his own. He could only do what he saw the Father do. If he didn't see the Father doing it, he couldn't do it. Right. Let me tell you that there church. was something Jesus couldn't do, and it was something he didn't see the Father hashtag doing. Hashtag what? I said, hashtag Limit Breaker Church. <laughs> limit Breaker Church. <laughs> Where's the song where someone's singing, he's a limit breaker? I'm sure there is. Anyways, so you're you know saying, saying all this saying? stuff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You're saying all this stuff, and I'm realizing that, you know, I told my story about walking home from school, and they saw this guy like, that wasn't right. my will. That was, or that was my will. That in right. that moment, I'm like trying to make, you know, I heard this thing and I was like, oh, I want to do that. I mean, obviously good intentioned, but obviously right. also selfish, you know, so like I didn't, I didn't partner with God in that moment and say like, God, is it your will to heal this guy? You know, right. Right. and even if it didn't happen, then I just have to assume eh, it wasn't his will. But even that raises questions for people like what kind of terrible God creator doesn't want, like, why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he heal this? And and again, and I'm not saying I have these questions. I'm saying like this is how people get caught in this deconstruction right. loop. It's like this, and I honestly feel like the only thing that kind of breaks it is experience. Like you got to have – like I really don't know anyone who has educated themselves enough out of deconstruction. Well, I mean that's the Wesleyan – I mean that's what the Wesleyan denomination was based off of in the beginning was it was the idea that they felt that it, that you had to have an experience yeah. in order to truly be saved. Right. I mean, that's the real difference between Wesleyan and Lutheran. So what does Lutheran say? You don't have to have an experience? You right. Just, you don't have to have an experience. Right? What is, I mean, what is the experience? The experience is you accepting your salvation. That's the experience. But Wesleyan, you know, John Wesley, his big belief was you had to have an experience. So is that not an... I mean, I don't understand. Well, can it be both? Well, no, no, no. Like, there had to be... Like, like you guys were talking two weeks ago about crying. Like crying. Right? Like, you, you had to have this spirit-led, just emotional experience. Yeah. That that was their that was their belief. That's really interesting. That was John Wesley's belief. I mean, that's really what started that whole I mean, chain but think of, about experience. Think about experience outside of the environments that we try to create here in, in America, in the West. You know, like a lot of times, do you remember uh, we worked for a church that they were like, we don't have services. We have worship experiences. And I love the heart behind it. Like we're trying to create right. this environment for the Holy Spirit to move to where people can actually experience God. Right. That I can. That happened. I feel pretty comfortable saying that happened. There are also times it didn't happen. Right. Right. But I don't know. Like I just have this feeling, this gut feeling that like when those happen outside of those situations – I mean, there was a, I don't remember this guy. It was some old dead guy. He basically talked about coming to Christ uh, through nature and how he just, you know, devoted his life and became a monk after he observed the trees changing uh, from fall, you know, from like leaves dying on a tree. Uh, maybe it was Brother Lawrence. I think it was Brother Lawrence. That's who it was. That's the old dead guy. And it's trees. A good book. Tree, uh, yeah. What is it called? The uh, Practicing the Presence. Practicing the Presence. Yep. So you have the trees dying, oh, the leaves are dead, and then they're coming back to life in the fall, and so in, in the spring, and so in this whole process, this is how he came to faith, right? Right? Like you have instances like this where there's an experience that goes beyond. There was no scripture that was said. There was no anything that was happened. It was just boom. God meets you right where you're at, right? And it happens in these other settings as well, right? I mean, like I was saying, mine wasn't at church. Yeah, mine was on a dirt road about a mile from my house. And what was that? Uh. I refer to it as my Damascus, you know, my road to Damascus right. incident, you know. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just share it. I mean, I I was literally taking my last walk. Wow. That was, I had- How ever, old were you? This was four years ago. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, so this is what caused the whole you coming back to yeah. your faith. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when you were younger. No. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear this. No, this is me coming back. No, I was literally on my, it was intended to be my last walk. Wow. I, you know, I, I was going on one more walk. Dirt road. Dirt road out in the middle of the country. No big deal. Right. Um, I wanted my last walk in the woods because that's where I love being. And then I was going to go home and I was going to put a bullet in my head. Right. Mm. That was my intention. That was my plan. Yikes. Pure and simple. So what changed? He called me. Like, I literally, I mean, a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy. Right. But I, he started talking to me. Like you had an audible yeah. experience. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say audible, but you know. You had, sure. a, you had an experience that you could, no lo- you could not deny that it was the creator of the universe. Right. Okay, gotcha. Right. I mean, I still believe, I mean, even in my walk away from faith, I still believed in God. I still believed in one true God. I just didn't believe in all the stuff that the Bible had to say. Yeah. Hmm. And why was that? Well, a lot of it was my, you know, I allowed my perversion, I allowed my distrust of man to pervert my belief in the Bible. And then the instances that happened with your brother, right? right. that as well. Like, right. So lots of right. different lots things. Lots of different things. Gotcha. Right. But then ultimately, my, my whole thing of staying away from it was because I was like, of course it's fallible. Yeah. It was written by man. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. that was my debate. Like, nonstop. I would actually study the Bible just so I could pick out the contradictions and throw it back into Christians' faces. Oh, man. I would have loved to Kind of like our podcast. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would have loved to have had a conversation that conversation with that Jared. Although yeah. I lo- I'm loving have a conversation with this Jared, obviously. So, so you had. And a- I'm very thankful that you had an experience. So, oh yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're with us. So, so my question is, when did you respond to the gospel? Because this is like, this is the nail in the coffin, or actually the nail out of the coffin, for Christians in their like. And then I heard the gospel and then the spirit quickened. I mean, there's this huge emphasis on responding to the gospel. Did you respond to the gospel or did you just respond to the creator of the universe? I responded to the creator. I mean, right. So the gospel wasn't what saved me. The gospel. That's blasphemy. No, it's not. Tell me why. The gospel is. And I'm not really accusing you. I'm just saying what people are thinking. The gospel is meant to point us towards our salvation. It's not meant to be the means of our salvation. What does that mean? Okay, so... He's putting the cup down. Interesting. So, the gospel is nothing more than the story, right? It's the story. It's it's the history. It's the introduction. Right. It's the history, his story, right? Ah, I like that. Of of God's um, interaction... With humans, okay, right, to a point, up until, you know, Revelation. Yeah. Then he wipes them all out, right? And he destroys them, all of them. Um, no, but, but I mean, the thing is, is that it's you know, but it's not the end all be all, you know, of God. So I want to read something to you. Okay, go for it. It's because this this is what. So there, I'm sure there's, there would be major argument against what you just said. Oh, I'm sure there is. Because like, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of Christ unto salvation for those who believe. So scripture basically says, 
that the gospel is the power unto salvation. Uh, so listen to this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, or the message, the word of Christ. So here's something interesting. So, okay, so people would read this, and what would they say? Well, they would automatically say the word of Christ. The, you know, the word is the Bible. Is the Bible, right. Right. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, you and I have had this conversation quite a few times. You guys have had this conversation quite a few times on every the show, show, right? Every single episode. So what's the Greek use of what word is, what Greek word is used for word in that context? Rhema. Right. And what does that mean? The spoken word. Well, rhema? Yeah. Yeah, that means spoken word, right. Uh-huh. And so if you just want to go by Strong's Concordance, which is what many people would do anyway, right. it says a spoken word made by the living voice hmm. for the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to inbirth his faith. Right. So the creator of the universe spoke to you. Right. A rhema word. Right. And brought you to salvation. Right. Changed your life. You didn't. You Absolutely. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't hear a preacher quoting Bible verses. No. Actually, at you, that point in my life, I would have... You, I would have laughed so, at most so here's, preachers. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Do you speak to the dolphins? <laughs> Do you know him? Do you call him my name? Do you have a dorsal fin? <laughs> well, I quote them. <laughs> what movie is that from? Ace, Ace Ventura. Ventura. Oh. <laughs> okay, so is there any use for pastors on Sunday mornings? <laughs> Preaching a word. Oh my goodness! Well, yes. I'm just saying. No, I'm being no, yeah, serious. No, like, absolutely. It's a, I, and, and I'm not like trying to shit on them. No, no, no. But no. I'm like, it's a legit question. No, like, I mean, so okay, okay. So when okay, people came, to, I got, I guess, okay. I got, <laughs> because right now many would say mm-hmm. that the most important part of the sermon time is the gospel presentation. Mm. I, well. A lot of evangelical sure. seeker sensitive churches yeah. would say like we do everything that we do is for the non-believer to bring them in here to share the words every every not every a lot of mega churches in America mm-hmm. it is all catered towards everything to get the person that has not heard the good news of Christ mm-hmm. in the doors to be able to share that message everything is like it is the ark it's the ark of the service boom this happens here we we're going to pow right in the kisser and that i thing. would say to any believer that stays there Yes. That they're wrong. That who's wrong? That they, the who's believer they? themselves. Don't get me wrong. Those mega churches like that, they have their purpose. And what's and their it's purpose? Amazing to breed, to bring in new believers, to change believers' minds. Don't, unbelievers' minds. Right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But for a believer, but, but it's for, a, yeah, it's evangelistic in nature. Right. And, and, but once you get past that point of evangelism, they need to start learning more. Paul said this over and over again. Yeah. You're drinking milk. You need to get to, you're not babies anymore. You need to get to the meat. So, what you're saying then, and you mm. said this in our text correspondence right. concerning this episode, that there's a difference between believing and being a disciple. Absolutely. Being discipled. Yeah. So, you're also saying that there is, like Paul said, that he planted the seed and Apollos watered. Right. That there are different functions of the body when it comes to the life of the believer. Right. And so what happens is when you have an evangelistically natured scenario, um, so I, I'm trying to think of how to best word this. You have this gathering, 
and people who are lost come in. That's the hope. And then you present the gospel and they give their life to Jesus. Hey, they have right. donuts here. Let's go. Okay. So then you invite them back. Like really cool coffee. Love, you invite like them back to hear the gospel message again. And then you invite them back and they hear the gospel message again. They didn't think I and knew then, a buttload about the gospel, but I do. Right. So, so what, it, I mean, now we're talking like five-fold ministry kind of scenario. Like the evangelist preaches the word, the spirit does what the spirit does right. in partnership right. with the preaching of the gospel. And the fellowship. But listen, just because a man is preaching the gospel, it's not the man's words that enliven the people to, to salvation. It's the rhema word. So it's when it's when the father partners with that and says, hey, I hear you, I see you paying attention to that. And they're like, wait a second. The Lord's doing something, right? You have to hear the word of Christ, the living word of Christ, in order to believe. It's not just the word from the man. There has to be right. a partnership. There has right. to be a, a coming right. together, right? right. An, an intervention, a divine mm-hmm. intervention. Absolutely. Right? So... You I mean, there has to like be what? a point. There has to be a point for you know God to have the opportunity to write His laws on your heart. I mean, that's yeah. So it's really interesting because sometimes it happens um, in a gathering, but then you hear all kinds of stories about somebody saying, "And I was like high for eleven days, and then I came off, and then the next right. or whatever." I was like in my room, and I prayed this prayer, and I hit my knees, and immediately I was sober, and I felt like this warm presence come around me. Well, like I said, and I mean, then I came to know the Lord, and and so it's like there was no preaching of the gospel in that moment. So God knew knew you when He knitted you in the womb, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so He knows what is going to be necessary for you to actually come back to Him. So here's a, here I I have a question, and we're just going to go all over the place. Now. Let's do this. Those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image and the likeness of his son. Right. Who didn't God foreknow? Universalism. I had no idea that human was going to come to earth. Wow, where did that one come from? (laughs) Peter's like, God's like, he he slipped slipped out. Jesus, did you? Who are these four billion people that I had nothing to do with them? (laughs) Did you make them? I, I did not foreknow those people. What the heck does that mean? So what are you getting at? I'm just asking. No, but what are you getting at? I'm getting at who does God not foreknow? Okay, so if he, obviously he foreknows everyone. So what does that mean? I, the, the logical conclusion would be if he, do, if he foreknows everyone, well, then all people will be conformed into the image of the likeness of a son, whether on this earth they or after. They will be completely refined. Apparently. Into... Dude, I'm having deja vu. I mean, if you crazy. take... If you take, yeah, me too. That's wild. It's the I've Lord. never been here. The Lord is here. <laughs> the Lord is There's here. There's some, anyways. It's funky, right? Yeah. Yeah. But not funky. Interesting. It is interesting. It's almost like you've had this conversation before. No. What? It's just this overwhelming sense of interesting. <laughs> <sighs> Are you good over there? I'm good, man. Is it present? No, part of this is I'm just like, you know, I like having these conversations, but then I wonder, like, does any of it matter? <laughs> does any of our opinions on any of this stuff matter? You know, like, at the end of the day, God's still going to do what God does. And, like, even yeah. though I know we talk about this busted system with the church all the time, and God's still working, and he's still using people. He's still, 
he's still doing great things and he's still reconciling people to himself and he's 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 still using the pastor who's spiritually abusing his you know people uh he's still using the pastor who gives everything and loves his people and you know tries to live a life of holiness like right he, he uses everybody i don't know what i'm I don't know what I'm trying to get at. I with feel that, like, but it's the, just like the the more the more you know, the more you think you know, the more you realize you you don't, don't really know anything. Know anything. Jack Lloyd right. about nothing. And right. so you want to talk about hum- humility? I was thinking about this other the other day. Just, the Lord hit me with this that knowledge puffs up, right? Because I have what I think is some sort of understanding, yeah. of things. All of a sudden, I'm like I've now elevated myself over others. Bro, we've talked about this. Who well, I mean, don't share that. We've same. talked about like. Well, I mean, you notice, you, you notice like Proverbs, for example, right? I mean, there's a there's a differentiation between knowledge and wisdom, right? And even Paul says that. Paul says that you know, the gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, right? Like there's it's two completely separate things. I mean, in the way it it's talks about been wisdom as an entity, doesn't it? Right in Proverbs, as a yeah, being. yeah, yeah. As a being. in Proverbs, yeah, it absolutely does. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that. Uh, and it actually refers to wisdom as a she, she, a she yeah. yeah, in Proverbs, yeah. Being, um, yeah. But uh, but what I was saying there is is you know yeah, knowledge by itself will absolutely puff up, and I mean the the way it's always been explained to me is that knowledge is like that book, knowledge that book understanding of things, yeah, right, that headiness, and wisdom is knowing when to actually use it. And when to well, put it forward? It's, oh, I like it's that. the same. I like that a well, lot. it's. I think it's also. It's also the same thing about like you being able to, like on paper, say, uh, well, the uh, mm, the, the yes. word the word wisdom is used uh, forty two hundred times in the Book mm, of Proverbs. Yes. Did you actually know that uh, King Solomon, blah 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 blah, and he wrote his uh, this that and the other, and right. they were found in caves and blah 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 blah. Well, you know all. You can say all this stuff and you can remember it, but to actually have wisdom is better than to have knowledge about wisdom. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So to actually experience it and live it out. So, I mean, there's just this, there's just a distinction in, in my opinion, mm. I suppose. Yep. Anyways. Pam really wants you to cry. I know. I saw that. <laughs> so, so let's talk, let's talk about this. That was kind of a, a weird, what happened there? What do you mean? We're that talking deja vu ab- moment? Yeah. And we're talking about. I don't know. I got dizzy for a second. You did? Yeah. It was interesting. I had like this just feeling, this interesting feeling going on. I don't know what it was. Mm. I don't know. I didn't notice it, I guess. You must not, just been you must not be holy. I guess not. You must not be saved. You think mm. it was the Lord trying to stop us? Nah. Okay. I think it was... <laughs> honestly, what I think about deja vu is it's letting you know you're right where you're supposed to be. Mm. Really? Yeah, that's what I believe. It, it was real funky. It was like super heavy. Yeah, like it was. Deja vu. It was. Um, we in the Matrix? <laughs> anyways, it was gas. It was gas. It was yeah. gas. <laughs> That's a- do we do we want to hit on that other thing? I mean, we can. It'd be a hard hard right at this time. <laughs> what was the other? Could- what were the other topics that you placed in the? Uh, uh, the deal. Talk about discipleship, church, church abuse news, TikTok. We already hit on some of that. Yeah, we already did. Except the church, church abuse thing. Yeah, Jared, what do you what do you have to say? Just kind of some final thoughts about this idea of because I thought that was really interesting. It's like the preaching of the gospel versus the Rama word. Like, like I I'd heard the gospel. I don't know. It's just interesting. 
There oh. was there was a moment to where I was hearing somebody saying like, you know, you need to give your life to the Lord, this and that, believe in Christ. And I'm having this moment where like I feel this weird thing going on and I'm just like, I need to do this. And like the Lord is basically saying, like, yeah, you like I'm I'm here and this is right. This is good. What if and I was entering into a relationship with them. So how like I just kind of wonder what's happening in that moment and how how people give their lives to the Lord or believe or whatever it is by having that experience that is separate from somebody preaching the good news about Jesus. If you, I, I have thoughts if you don't, or if you're thinking. Well, you, no, you can go ahead. I mean, I have plenty of thoughts, but you can go ahead. I mean, well, well the one thing I was going to, I just want to toss in there is like, I wonder how much of this gets into the conversa- conversation of like being a tri, the tripart man. You know, to where, you know, body, soul, spirit type of thing being right. three parts. Um, to where maybe the hearing that takes place, like that knowledge aspect of it that takes place is maybe more of a a body, soul experience. And then maybe when that experience like you had, you know, on the road is like so, it like rocks you to the core so much that it like rocks your spirit. Well, you know, if like, you'll notice, you know, let... Let he who has ears listen. Let he who has eyes see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's both spiritual ears, right? So it's hearing and it's seeing. You know, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I can hear something all day long. It doesn't mean that I'm going to see it, right? That's true. That's interesting. You know, I just wonder. Yeah, I, that's that's where my mind was going. I was like, I wonder if there's something there to talking about, even you know, lasting change. You know, like the kind of stuff, the kind of relationship you right we talked about that invitation the kind of relationship that's produced when there is this spirit to spirit encounter you know Mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. a a knowledge coming to understanding which i think is a good like i feel like that starts the transition to the other one you know you have people who like uh they've attended church for years and years and years and their life looks no different than when it did before and I don't blame yeah. that on them. I don't put that blame on them. Like, oh, you, you dumb disobedient Christian. Repent. Like, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't put it. Be- <laughs> I, I think the desire's there for whatever reason. I just don't think it's it's clicked yet to where they've they've kind of hit that mile marker on their journey. Right. To where it's like maybe then there's that spiritual encounter that just kind of like completes the process. Well, maybe they're waiting. Maybe God's waiting for them to take a step forward. Maybe. Who knows? And yeah. I wasn't saying that sarcastically. No, I'm no, no. Serious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that. That he would help them as they help themselves. Right. I mean, I wasn't meaning that sarcastically. I mean, I was... Helps those who help themselves. Yeah. Only. No, he does not. (laughs) Um, But that's the thing is that, I mean, like, there are situations, I think, where it's, you know, it's a choice for us to be ready for that, right? And then there's other times where it's not even a choice of ours. It's just a, hey, I see you down there. Yeah. Listen to what I have to say for a second. And your life is going to be drastically different. Right. You know, no, absolutely that. drastically different. Do you think like five years ago when I was taking that walk that I ever once thought, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. Let me go into Christian ministry. Yeah. Why are you doing that, <laughs> by the way? Because like, like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to be a pastor? Oh or why do you gosh. feel called to be a pastor? Mm, all was, of the above. All I mean, I'll tell you what, it was just something that was really coming back to my faith. You know, it was something that was really, as I... As I studied more, as 
with a different intent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because you said you were studying to, like, disprove. Right. Now right. it's a little As different. As I studied more with a different intent to, to have a better understanding of God, not a way to disprove Christian ideology and theology and beliefs, right? Um, but as I studied more and, you know, I would get into conversations with people and things like that. And it was just with the things that have happened in my life and with the, th- it just, it's the only thing that makes sense yeah. to me. Like, it's the only thing that, that like, I'm like, okay. And it was something, I mean, I wrestled with it for a w- long time. Like I would talk myself out of it. Yeah. You know, I would go to like Timothy and Titus and be like, Oh, nope. I don't fit that criteria. Yeah. Mm-mm, nope. So what is it that you think God has for you to do as a pastor? That was my question. Don't know. Don't know. I'm just along for the ride, honestly. Right. Honestly, I mean. So when, so this will get a little bit into some other things that we've talked about. When you say pastor, what do you mean? Lead a church? Mm. Like be, be, be in charge of hosting a Sunday morning service and leading a staff and volunteers? Like, I mean, if that's you, part of it, sure. But I mean, realistically, no. My my idea of pastor is, you know, uh, to feed, to okay. to shepherd. You know, like that's so. That's, so could you shepherd and not be in charge of a congregation? No, absolutely. Or like start a church or take it, like be the lead guy. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm just along for the ride. Wherever yeah. wherever he need wherever you're basically, he wants to put me. You're basically saying like, God, I feel a call to devote my life to whatever you want me to do. I'm right. in. I'm in. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I felt like like being a pastor, right? A shepherd kind of thing was where I was called to be. So that's what I, you know, I studied for and that's yeah. what I went to school for and you know, um but do I see myself running a church? Don't know. Don't So, care. do you think there are people that would say, "How can you be a pastor if you don't lead a church?" Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of people that say that. How can you be a pastor if you don't lead a church? I'm sure. Because a pastor, just the word itself, denotes that you have a flock. Mm-hmm. Sheepbeaterschurch.com. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, that, that, that denotes that there's a flock yeah. that you're leading. And, you know, I, I think you and I had this conversation once before, you know, um, and, you know, I said, if I could, if I, you know, Jesus was happy with 12, dis- 12 apostles, 12 disciples, right? I'd be happy with six, you know, like, right. I think, I think the idea of a flock kind of thing doesn't necessarily just mean, the six of us church.com. Yeah. Just the six of us, just the six of us. That's not how the song goes, but whatever. <laughs> you can make it. If you try, you got to try, you got to, you got to put your foot forward. Right. First. Right. Yeah. Because God only helps those who help themselves. That's right? funny. That's interesting. But well, no, but as I was going through like all my preparation and everything, it just, it was way too easy. Yeah. I mean. What do you mean? Oh, I went to Southwestern College of gotcha. Kansas, right? And I was transferring over and I was previously a history major. And they were like, oh yeah, you only need like 36 credit hours. You need your like core classes. Oh, you and- mean it was just kind of like a simple path? Oh Not yeah. Not like easy, like, ah, this coursework is so simple. No, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> like doors kind of opening up. No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was like it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah. Well, here, let me make this easy for you. Oh, on top of that, let me let me give you a little extra money while you're doing that. And oh, while you're, you know, it was like, like the yeah. path was laid out for you. Oh yeah, yeah. like like okay, it, it made so, like it was like okay, here's what you you know, go here, 
we're going to, you know, you're going to be done in 36 hours. And then, you know, on top of that, you're going to make more money. I think you just by going to college. I think this pastor thing for you is going to look a lot different. And it doesn't sound like you have any, like, it's going to be this, but. Oh, I have no idea. I'm just, so if you don't, I'm just, I'll lean into, I don't know. I just think it's going to look way different than you would probably think it is. I'm just getting that feeling. I, like I said, I mean, the, everybody has their idea of what a pastor is. You getting a ram you know? award? I'm getting a, I'm getting a, yeah, sure. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting a feeling, a vibe, a whatever. But I just think your unique experiences, your even experiences that you've had in ministry, mm-hmm. your desire for people, your, you taking it upon yourself to create a discipleship program. Like there's just a lot of stuff in you that I think would be better fit for the kingdom. Now this is just me. This is me saying this outside of the context of a traditional service. Oh I, yeah. I mean, you know, outside of the traditional, don't get the me wrong. Asso- I the associate, with- the assistant, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, the guy. Get, yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I help with traditional services. Oh, I you know, know you do. Contem- you know, traditional American contemporary services. Um, fog machines and laser oh, we don't lights. have fog machines. No! We don't have laser Get lights. Get the fog now, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Holy good lighting. We've got a good camera. Spirit. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. Tin tin transition. Yeah. But we so you uh, said it, you hit the button and then the fog came in and then I said the thing about the spirit is welcome here and then the fog came in and But I'll tell you what, I mean I would love to have I would love to be able to do like a like a like what we talked about, like a dinner service. Oh because I mean yeah. that's what the early church did. Dinner church. Yeah. You know there's there's a thing called dinner church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's but really I would I would love to do that. He love he it. would call his center alter- dinner church. An alternative church expression. I welcome to center dinner church. And and so, my wife would love it too because you know she always tells, I like food. she always yeah she always tells our pastor she's like if you want people to come it's all about food it's that's all about food that's true <laughs> and then when you guys do corporate confession you call out one person and they're the center of attention oh you like that I like that the you center can, of attention you can have that you can have that one this year's no I think I think alternative expressions of church is a really good discussion we've had one before at the end of what season four or I think whatever. we had it with Sam with Sam McVeigh yeah it's really <laughs> yeah. really interesting to just see how some people. You know, you start talking about being a pastor outside of a traditional scenario, and it's like, well, what does that really look like? And right. some people will then say, well, that you know, parachurch isn't actually a church, and then you get people who write the nine marks books and that kind of stuff, and say uh-huh. what you're doing isn't valid, and blah 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 blah. But I just threw up a little. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, I'm beca- and I know we're wrapping up, but I'm yeah, become- wrap it up, B. I'm becoming less and less passionate about the conversation surrounding methodology. Like, I don't care. Yeah, you know, there's, I can't change any pastor's mind on what they do uh, at all. <laughs> at all. There's who am I to change someone's mind? Well, I mean, that's the thing is that you know, like I had a professor tell me once, you know, like you'd mentioned earlier in this episode, you know, you're, you know, are you really going to believe a hundred percent of everything, right. everything. That's, yep. that's being preached to your church, right? And you know, and she was, you know, on the video, she was saying, you know, you're going to sign this this contract saying that oh, you right. believe exactly, yeah, exactly what we believe. And uh, and I had a professor it, it, during my coursework tell me one time, he's like, the only way that you're going to believe 100 percent of what is being taught at your church is if you're running the church. Uh, that's totally true. <laughs> it's so true. 
we've talked about this. The thing that I, the, truly the only thing that I care about right now is like having, like helping people detox from religion. That's it. It honestly, I have zero influence over pastors, but I can help play a role in like helping people detox from the shit they put in their minds. Mm. Like I can, I can play a role in that. Yeah. I'll gladly accept that role. The, Why are you laughing? The, I just had a thought. The most effective uh, church plant, you planting a church is the most effective way for you to attend a church where you believe 100% of what they teach. Yes. yes. So go start churches. We need more churches. If you're teaching, if, especially if you're teaching. Yep. So, are you guys ready for this? Yeah, hit us yeah. with it. Here we go. So there's a Chick-fil-A sauce shortage. This is, this is a real thing. I did not find out till today when I went to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and look, I asked for honey roasted barbecue. They gave me these two packets. I what said, hey, heck? I was real nice. You know, it's not like a confrontation. I'm like, yo, I need more Chick-fil-A sauces than this. And they looked me point blank in the face and said, oh, we can't do that. And my heart stopped because I'm like, I know they're- Number one, he got told no at Chick-fil-A. What? what? Which doesn't happen. You know the world's going to shit when Chick-fil-A tells you no. Right? Hold on. No. Some McDonald's type beat right now. I know they're not doing <laughs> something where they're going to start asking me to pay more for more sauces. Please, Dan Cathy, do not do this to me. <laughs> and then they said, no, there's a, there's a, there's a sauce shortage. And I said, a, a sauce shortage? A sauce shortage? What, what are you talking about? I looked at, I'm, 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 I'm like, what is this? Why does my life have to be like this? They tell me that they are only producing so much Chick-fil-A it's got sauce, sauce privilege. Okay, throughout the entire country, across all their source sauce, their locations. And now they're required to only give people a certain amount of sauce. And I was, I was listen, can we pray right now? Can we, Look. Father, we pray right now over this Chick-fil-A sauce shortage, Father God. And we mm-hmm. declare, Lord, that there will be more mm-hmm. than enough. Amen. You more are than the enough. God of more than enough. Declare yes, it, you God are. of abundance. Mm. That's Come right. On. My cup runneth mm. over. Not my Wait. cup only gets two packets. Amen. Right. And we come against this attack right now. In the now. name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Y'all put hearts in the chat. Get behind me, Put Satan. hearts in the chat. Get behind me, Satan. Hearts in the chat. I got the Bible right here. We'll bust this sucker up and end that shortage right now. I ain't playing. Mm. I there's, ain't even playing. There's anyway, actually I'm enjoy a, the, the sauce that I do have, okay, that I can enjoy. Watch. I'm going to enjoy it while I can because apparently this sauce is going to be gone soon. And so I need to like ration this out. The good news is that I have like 500 Chick fil A sauce packets in my sauce drawer in the kitchen. Right. So I'm probably, do, it's probably okay. Now, ooh, right. This is that, fir- that first Chick fil A buy. This is that first fruits. Give me a sec. First fruits. First fruits. Mm. That, was, that was supposed so to go in dumb. his mouth then. <laughs> Supposed to go to the Lord. Supposed, supposed to go to the Lord. Lord. Supposed yeah. to tithe that sauce, yeah. bro. Come on, man. First fruits. Mm. Anyways, mm. how mm. funny is that? You know what's hilarious, though? What? Is that I could see a pastor doing this from stage and getting his crowd hyped up. Oh, my God. Praying for the Chick-fil-A sauce shortage to Almost actually come to an like end. like making a And joke. people believing mm. it and really, mm. I mean, like, honestly saying, you know what, Lord, we're just going to come against that right now man. in the name of in Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that funny? It was funny. It is funny, but then you made it all dumb. But it was all... (laughs) Like, there's no other way to say it. Why'd you have to make it practical, like, to where it could be a thing? Because I could totally see it being a thing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It could totally be a thing. I, uh... Speaking of entertainment church... uh, Entertainmentchurch.com. Entertainmentchurch.com. 
Well, we are. Uh, we're just. We're gonna wrap it up. We yeah, don't know how to end here. these things. Jared, thanks so much for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. We I really, really you. had a good time. Was this anything like you thought your first time on the show would be like? Mm, yeah, actually, quite, okay. quite a bit. Cool. Yeah, kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah, serious and stupid at the same time. Yeah, because I mean that's how generally how our Lots conversations of go. Yeah. And we yeah. don't actually really say anything. We just say a bunch of stuff and then right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Salty dogs. Out. Out.